Eam is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. Eam streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, eamisher.wixsite.com for more resources. What would you guys say to people who maybe feel that, like now after listening to all of this, they're starting to realize that their best friend or friendship is not really founded in Christ. And maybe they they feel like this is a friendship that isn't good. Number one, what are signs that a friendship is maybe toxic or not a good friendship? And what are signs that it's redeem not redeemable, it's savable, like it, you can still salvage the friendship and you should try, or maybe it's too toxic that you should walk away. Because we all know, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, evil company corrupts good habits. So, you know, we are warned by the Bible that, you know, having a good friend can lead you to Christ, but having a bad friend can also take you, lead you away just as easily. Here are my thoughts on this. So we keep saying Christ-centered, Christ-centered. And so that's the major sign. And if you have a friendship that is Christ-centered, you're going to be feeling like you are closer to Christ through it. And what that means is, um, first of all, you're encouraged to to develop a relationship with God together. You're not ashamed of bringing up a verse from the Bible. You encourage each other to go to church together. You are just becoming better people through the guidance and the help of each other. So I think that's a major sign. Um, so I think, I think, though, that for a friendship to be rooted in Christ and for both sides to be edifying, I think both sides have to be have developed in Christ first. So there is David, who's a man after God's own heart. And there's also Jonathan. And we saw that from the very beginning, they became best friends. And not to say that every single friendship has to start within an instant. Some of them do like, okay, some of them do. Some of them might take time, but you have to be anchored in Christ first, because we're going to speak about this in many other episodes, but you can't rely on anybody to provide you security and peace and joy and whatever. This has to be Christ first. And then you provide that for other people when you are so full of Christ. So I think if there is tension, if there's conflict in a relationship, it's it's okay to take a break from each other to kind of develop and really strengthen your relationship with God first and then come back together. Yeah, like I also want to stress the the fact that Jonathan and David were just as human as we are i'm sure it wasn't like at first sight they forgot everything jonathan forgot everything that had to do with the throne and he was ready to throw it all away as soon as he met david i'm sure there was difficulty in it yeah right Absolutely. um and, but the whole thing was that if this issue of who will be king was next wasn't resolved then i i feel like they wouldn't have that close loving friendship if this whole thing wasn't addressed they loved each other more than the throne because they loved the Lord. It's very vital that if you feel like you and your friends are, you know, lately you've been on different pages or um, you're just having trouble, you're feeling like everything that we're saying right now, like these characteristics aren't really aligning. Maybe you need to address the elephant in the room. Maybe you need to talk to them about that one thing that happened that ever since then hasn't, you know, your relationship hasn't been right or whatever it may be and address it and invite Christ into it. Um, I really liked what Maria said about not being ashamed to bring up Christ in your relationship. I think that's a huge uh, flag, red or green, like green if if you feel comfortable doing it and red if you don't, because um, when you invite him to, to be able to sit down with your friend, be like, let's start off with a prayer. And then we really need to get down to the bottom of this. Like we need to ask him to help us. I think that's key.
Okay, I have two things to say. Um, I would the first is a question to you guys. So, do you think because we've been talking about how a friendship should be Christ-centered, do you think that then it's impossible or it's not good for you to be friends with someone who maybe you feel is not as spiritually advanced as you are? What if your best friend is an atheist or somebody in your school? Or what would you guys say to that? Mm. I, I definitely think there are levels to that. So I think that you guys have to be on the same page on certain things. So have the same goals in the sense that you both have that willingness to strive towards him. And I don't think you have to be on the same level at all. I think that that's what friendships are for. If someone, I'd much rather have somebody not on my level and way ahead of me in terms of the relationship with Christ so that they can show me and they could be like, look how great he is and do this. And, and I can actually go to her and she'll give me proper Christ-rooted advice, like biblical advice, um, something that maybe I'm not, right? Because if, if she can't help me in that way, then what's the point of going to her for advice? What is she going to offer me that I don't already know? Um, so I think that it doesn't, it, you guys don't have to be, at, I, I'd much prefer it if I wasn't in the same at a, at the same spiritual level as my best friend, um, but I do think that we should both have that willingness to want to strive to get to higher levels. That's really insightful, Natalie. I like the way you put it. I came across a quote by Saint Gregory the Theologian, and he was talking about his best friend, who happens to be Saint Basil the Great, because of course you know these people end up finding each other. Um, so he was saying that he he was praying to find a friend and to find a friend who would lead him closer to Christ. And he says, indeed, God granted me this favor too. He took, he took me and attached me to the wisest man, the only person in his life and thought superior to all. Um, who was this man? No doubt you will recognize him. It was Basil the Great. And he says, with him, I shared my studies, my lodgings, my thoughts. And we traveled together, we held all things in common, and one soul united our two separate bodies, which again is really reminiscent of David and Jonathan. What particularly brought us together was this, God and a desire for higher things, which is exactly what Natalie was saying, this desire for higher things. So definitely, of course, there are very valuable friendships that you could have with people who are not of the faith. But you have to think that the one who is closest to you or the people who are in your tightest circle have to be able to share your thoughts share your values share your purpose of life and I think of course that is easier for people with the faith not not to say that you like you could definitely be a good influence on people who are outside um of of the faith or who don't share exactly the same values as you it it just it's it's easier when people are of the same values are on the same page so that you can push each other forward you can definitely be a good influence on people but you i don't think it would be enough for you to get closer to christ if you only surround yourself with people who are not exactly on the same page right so the second thing um i just wanted to say was going back to the point that maria was saying about like not making your friend your everything what are good things that you can do for your friend and i was thinking that Forgiveness is so, so important. And I realized that forgiveness, I feel, is so much easier done when you don't make your friend your everything. I think when we describe mm-hmm. how close Jonathan and uh, David were, yes, they were so close, but that doesn't mean that like their sense of security and their sense of worthiness came from each other. It came from God. So I think when you love your friends so much, 
sometimes you'll make them those things and you'll want their love and their approval and their everything. So then when they do disappoint you, it's so hard to forgive them because it's so hard to think, how could the one person I trusted most break my trust? Or how could the one person this, this and that? It's such huge expectations that sometimes no human can live up to. So it's important to, if we do it right and we do it properly, like David and Jonathan, and we keep our eyes on God and we don't have those expectations for each other, then we can easily forgive each other and get over those little things and have a stronger relationship, if anything. Absolutely. It's exactly why when we are united with Christ, who is love, that we can love each other perfectly. But I cannot... Um, I cannot fuel my my love and my friendship for people solely based on how much I love them because that will not be enough. And out of nothing, like if I'm if I don't love him first and he's not filling me with his love, then I'm eventually going to run out. And then what am I going to give them? And what use am I to my friend? I also think that just like thinking back to personal like anecdotes of mine, I have never <laughs> encountered a friendship where every time I like where the friendship has ended up good but like it has ended up good for lack of better words and I put them I put them at the forefront of my life like they were my one and only everything mm-hmm. um, I think every single time I did that it failed and it always failed at my expense because I was always the one that ended up caring too much or I was always the one that ended mm-hmm. up like putting so much into it and I felt like they were the one person and they like really let me down and I remember actually going to my brother with something with a problem exactly like this before and he said yeah you can't trust anybody and I remember (laughs) I got so upset because I was like how could you tell me that like here I am like telling you my problems and like you know this friend and you like to this friend what are you saying to me right now and he goes yeah like even anybody anybody even your siblings he says when when and when they're the sole person that you put your trust in it always fails you but Christ won't he's the same yesterday today and forever like it he won't fail you and when you put your trust in him and and as a result of loving him and trusting him he you allow him to bring you people um to be your friends and to enter into your life then that is when it won't be it won't fail yeah just adding on to that i feel like definitely same thing like from personal experience I realized that your first encounter should always be with God. That is to say, like, if I'm going through something really, really hard, I've noticed that when I go to my best friend first and I vent so much because they're like, that's the first encounter that I have after something had, whatever they say, whatever they do, that's what's going to stick with me. So however they feel about my problem, whatever advice they give, like, it's just, it is what it is. And maybe if they don't react properly, like it just, it, it sticks. I can't explain it. But if I vent after every problem, after every major thing to God first. And I have that time first where I'm able to find peace, where I'm able to like get it off my chest with him. And then I go to my best friend and like uh, tell her, update her, whatever. And then she gives me advice. Even if she makes a mistake, even if whatever happens, I still had that interaction first with God. So that like, I'm not putting so much pressure on her and I'm not expecting so much out of that one human interaction, but I still get to share that really, really beautiful moment with my friend. And maybe I even get to hear God's voice again through her. So it's like your friend, not to say don't keep anyone too close, but there are certain things that are kind of reserved for you and Christ that you should never put on any one human. I love that. Um, We were talking about values and having the same values as a friend, and it makes it much easier and, you know, striving towards that goal of bettering each other through Christ. Do you think that you could be best friends with a boy? A boy. 
That's such a good question. Well, honestly, this I feel like this question was brought up in Sunday school when we were little and the answer was no. In fact, the answer was don't hug boys, don't be best friends with boys. I remember. But to play devil's yeah. advocate, there are people out there who genuinely feel that that's the case. Like if both the intention is made clear or maybe you're like you've grown up in the same family forever and whatever, that some people will say yes. But is it? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> What do you think? I think no. <laughs> but I know that when I say no, um, I I can hear the like rolling of eyes from our listeners right now. But mm. I just I I've I have not experienced one where where it just doesn't f- fail utterly mm-hmm. fail. Like that's that's just my thing is how there are just things that you share with a best friend that I can't share with a guy. And so I can't call him my best friend. I think I can call him a close friend. I think Mm -hmm. that can do it justice. But for him, for me to call him my best friend, like, do I really feel like I can go to him with every little big and small thing and everything in between and ultimately not catch fields? It's yeah, (laughs) I totally agree. And I feel like it's it's funny because you say like through experience, right? it's the opposite for me where genuinely I have friends where maybe I don't understand it, but I actually genuinely see it working like who are best friends with a guy. But in those cases, or at least what I've seen is usually they're not their only best friend. They're genuinely people who just have a lot of best friends. So one of them will be a guy and they'll call them their best friend, but they're like one of many. But I feel like if you have one best friend and he's a guy at that point, truly Like if there's one person that you trust with all your thoughts and with everything and you're that close to, I feel like you're right. It is impossible that one party does not catch feelings. So this is a really interesting question. And I searched up a study because, you know, me, I have to search up studies about things. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a very, very interesting study. They took 88 pairs, 88, okay? Lots of people of female male best friends, okay? And they separated them and they told them, hey, we're going to interview you, but the results will be completely anonymous. We will never share your responses. And what was really interesting, and this just made me laugh, is that um, men were more likely to be attracted to their female best friends than the women were more than the women would be attracted to their male best friends. No men- way. What? Wait, wait, wait. The guy liked ended up liking the girls more. The guys ended oh, up. Oh, yeah. I kind of see oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Same. It, it didn't surprise what? me. It just made me laugh. <laughs> and I'm and it surprised. Was so funny. Men overestimated their female friends' level of attraction to them. So you know, like they thought she's ninety percent attracted to me. Where she responded, like, "Bro, no, just like 50. <laughs> or, or it was the opposite. Yikes. In in some cases, <laughs> really awkward. Um, but. Ooh. And and it's a really interesting study. We can link it. Of course, you know, so many different like you can you can you can say, oh, we can't generalize studies. There's bias, blah, blah, blah. But just to say that even if you yourself are telling yourself that, no, I'm not attracted to my male best friend, it may not be the case the other way around. And so I think it's introducing temptation for no reason, especially as as Karen said, if, if this is your only friend, um, that means you're going to be spending a lot of time together. You're going to share a lot of very intimate details to each other. And at that point, it's going to be hard to restrain emotions and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, have boundaries and it's have just, limits. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just unnecessary. It's, it it's going to be like friendships. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. It's gonna be like a a, a friendship with a lot of asterisks. Like why? Yes. Yeah. And I guess why, why do for that? Your new relationships. Like, can you imagine getting into a relationship and you have to explain that to your boyfriend? You know, that's hard. How are they gonna feel? So yeah. it's um yeah, it just introduces a lot of and limits like, that you don't want to have with a best friend. And you were saying, Maria, about that study, um, about how you mentioned this before to me, like in a separate conversation about how the guy would usually like still fall for the girl despite her being in like a long-term relationship. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's another fascinating what? one. <laughs> that so many of these males in the studies, they were more likely to be okay to potentially date their female best friends, even if the female best friend was already in no. a relationship. No. What? So, Boom. You know, and like- Scientific we- <laughs> evidence. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> of course, that could say That's something so about these these specific boyfriends, right? And like, not to say that the, the <laughs> friends that you're that you're friends with have to be the same way, but in general, as we said, it just blurs blurs the lines. It makes things difficult, um, and it complicates future relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, just to transition into the what next section, I'm gonna ask you guys the question: How can we be a Jonathan to someone else? Mm. Ooh. Well, if you guys remember back to Fran's talk with us, she said that you have to be perceptive to other people's needs. What you need is not always what other people need. So I think it's really, really important to always check in and just ask, did I handle this situation right? What do you want me to do? Or like, as a friend, how could I be better? And listen, like genuinely, genuinely listen how you can be there for someone in the way that they need you. So maybe some person needs you to be more forgiving then not kind of course be kind but maybe they just like that's their big thing and then that's something you can be for them and then you can communicate better I also think maybe looking to the broader plan tapping into Christ a little bit and asking him what his larger vision is for you and then praying to and asking God to help you surrender to that vision Mm. I think is so important um because where is your friendship gonna go if it's not going anywhere in Christ you know Hundred percent. I think read First Corinthians thirteen and just see how love acts. Love does not envy, does not boast, does not parade itself, and everything. It keeps its covenant and it uplifts and allows us to reach God's plan for us. And like very simply, and this might seem too simple, but like be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that, that we kind of say that as a given, but I feel like so many times as a joke, we're we're like mean to our friends, like we mm. tease mean Mm -hmm. but like once in a while i feel like that when that when that bit goes on for so long yes we actually it like it starts to get kind of draining where it's like it's nice once in a while to genuinely be kind to your bestest of friends because just to remind them you know it's almost like say saying it once in a while like saying i love you once in a while or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. it's the same thing just be kind to them once in a while Mm -hmm. take a break from whatever bit you're you, you guys are doing and Show them that you actually love them and care for them. I feel like, yeah, for sure. Because friendships are 100% a blessing. Like they are straight from God. We we said that so many times. Like that one friend that we love so much, we felt like came at a good time. That's not a coincidence, you know? So it's, it's mm-hmm. recognizing the blessing that we have and genuinely never taking it for granted. Especially if you've been friends with someone for so long. You know, don't take that for granted. Continue to better yourself in that friendship. Yes. We have a question that we didn't answer from Karen. Uh, we didn't answer your second question about how do we know if a friendship is just not worth salvaging anymore yeah I feel like when there's I feel like it's actually a very simple answer but I mean you guys I may be oversimplifying it 
um, when there's just no will to go forward. What if one of you is perfectly happy with where you are and where you are is not moving anywhere towards Christ? If there's absolutely no will from them to go forward, then why? Yes. Then it's I just going like, to be super draining. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I feel like everything, you know, you always have to consider the things you want to keep in your life are things that edify. And if God wants something for you, it should never be that hard. So if something is consistently, like you're consistently praying about it and it's never getting better, it's just getting worse and it's making you feel bad and you're never at peace with it, then I feel like that is a sign that maybe God is saying it's not time for this friendship. But I also want to say that if that does happen to you, whoever is listening, if you if you feel like that that's you and you feel like it might be time to end a friendship, it doesn't mean you have to end it at a in a bad note. Mm. Like you can still be cordial and kind to that person when you see them. And yes. it, they don't have to be the worst thing that you taught or, or you don't have to make a face every time their name is brought up in a, in a circle or or whatever it is. It could just end because it was time to end. But it doesn't mean you necessarily have to hate them or talk smack about them or whatever it is. Uh, In fact, you should continue praying for them because Mm -hmm. if it really didn't work out, then they need Christ to be involved in their life more. So I have one last question for you guys. What if you don't have a best friend and both scenarios, you want one or you just don't know if that's something that you should want? (laughs) You don't know. I feel like if you're consistently asking God for a best friend and it's not coming, then I feel like that's maybe God's way of saying right now you need to learn to make me your best friend. You like right now, mm-hmm. it's a good time to, to use that energy that you have that you really want to give. Because if, if you really want a best friend, that means you have a lot to give and you're excited. So he's like, give it to me and we can get close. And like when it's a better time, maybe he'll, and he thinks it's good for you, that that's when it'll come. Agreed. That's awesome. And when it is, maybe he wants to take you gradually. So maybe he wants you to appreciate the friends you put in your life first people like your parents which we'll talk about or your siblings or even your father of confession people that we don't you know necessarily associate with best friend right away and then little Mm -hmm. by little you can become best friends with other people and I think also as as a much broader level after you've established your relationship with him and with people around you you can reach out because sometimes we want a best friend but it's really hard to get out of our comfort zone but if you ask God for the courage and the boldness then you are able to get out and approach people and God willing um, God can arrange something. Okay, so just ending it off in a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we thank you so much for every friendship that we have in our life, Lord, whether they're best friends in the unconventional sense, like Maria said, whether it's our parents or um, our father of confessions or a best friend that we have in our lives, Lord, we are so, so thankful for that blessing. Help us, Lord, to recognize that blessing and to be able to truly give what we can give, Lord. I ask that I ask that you be with each and every single one of our friendships and whatever it is lacking, Lord, reveal it to us. Sometimes we're so blinded by just moving too fast and I ask, Lord, that you open our eyes to those friends in need to become better friends. Lord, I also pray that you help us have those friendships that mimic Jonathan and David. We've always learned that the Bible is kind of an example for us, Lord. So help us to be able to give to someone so much that our souls are knit together and that that is unwavering, Lord, through you. Help us to make every relationship in our lives rooted in you, Lord. Amen. Through the intercessions of Virgin Mary and all your saints, hear us when we say with love thanksgiving, our Father who arts in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us all of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into any temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. If you liked what you heard today, visit our website, emisher.wixsite.com slash mysite for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please keep us in your prayers. God bless.